This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Are you driving your car or doing laundry right now? Podcasts go best when they're bundled with another activity. Like Progressive home and auto policies, they're best when they're bundled too. Having these two policies together makes insurance easier and could help you save. Customers who save by switching their home and car insurance to Progressive save nearly $800 on average. Quote a home and car bundle today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. I'm Tanya Mosley. In 1987, my sister Anita vanished without a trace. Decades later, thanks to DNA, we found her. But that's only the beginning of the story. She Has a Name is a new audio documentary that explores the search for redemption, confronting trauma, and healing in the face of unimaginable loss. Subscribe now to Truth Be Told Presents She Has a Name, where every revelation brings us closer to the truth. Welcome to a new episode of Women Who Travel, a podcast from Connie Nast Traveler. I'm Meredith Carey, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Bala Erikoglu. Hello. Back in April 2019, we did a Points and Miles 101 episode to help our listeners, and let's be honest, me and Lolly too, crack the code on making our purchases work for us and the ways we like to travel. A lot has changed since then, and as we begin to think about traveling again and look at the stockpile of points we've built up on grocery hauls and gas station trips and takeout over the past year and a half, we're wondering, how do we spend all those points wisely? To help answer that question and many others, we're joined by Jessica Puckett, Traveler's Senior Editor for Transportation and Travel News, and Jasmine Barron, an Associate Editor covering credit cards at Insider. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Hi, great to be here. So, Meredith already touched on this in her lovely, lovely intro, but lots of us have been earning quite a few points over the last year and a half without that many opportunities to spend them and are now staring down at quite a pile of unused points. What do you think is the best way for us to start using them now and how can we kind of get our like bang for our buck with them? There really isn't a right or wrong way to spend your points and your miles. And you're right. I think a lot of people have been sitting on the stockpile, you know, waiting for the pandemic to be over. There's a ton of ways to spend them. I would say, you know, whatever really just makes you happy at this point. A lot of a lot of travel before the pandemic, you know, leaned very aspirational. If you look at, you know, travel blogs and points and miles blogs, talking about these big sort of blowout trips where you, you know, you blow all your points and miles and, you know, for luxury sort of accommodations and business class and what have you. And that is certainly, you know, still an option. The world's not totally open yet. um, But, you know, if that has been on your bucket list, you know, now is the time to do it. I would say, you know, there's still a lot of hesitancy for international travel. So there's a lot of awards that are pretty available now, you know, compared to how it was in the past where, you know, you would have to really hunt for award availability. That's now changed because, you know, there's still a lot of people not traveling. So if that's been on your bucket list, you know, certainly now's the time to sort of blow those points. Um, And I would say the other thing is a lot of people just miss their family and friends. Now is a great time to, you know, use those points for those non-aspirational trips. Go and see grandpa and grandma, you know, take the kids to see, you know, your parents, you know, do that Disney World trip. Some trips closer to home that might not have been on your radar before. I think, you know, now's a perfect time to take advantage of that because I think now we all appreciate more, 
those opportunities to travel weren't there for 18 months. So, you know, now now is the time, I think, to, to just do the things that make you happy. I think that reminder that points don't have to be this like super precious once a year, blow it all out sort of you know, planning situation, I think is so great because I'm currently looking at my stockpile being like, do I wait for the big time or do I use these to like go home or just like use them for a friend's wedding or, or what do I do? And I think like having that reminder that it, you can just use them on like regular run of the mill trips, which will still be like so valuable to you and will not cost you anything is, is a good thing to keep in mind. Yeah. And I think that's such a good point because either way, you're not spending money on those flights, which then even if you're using those points on something that isn't some exciting once in a lifetime trip, that's still saving you money so that then you can put the money you do have towards that trip. You know, I think you mentioned weddings, which is my every episode I complain about how many I have to go to. But, you know, being able to use points to fly to a wedding I think sounds really appealing because I'm like, oh, I get to go and celebrate with my friends, but there's no money out of pocket for that. Yeah, I'm also a huge advocate of that. I spent a good portion of my point stockpile on a wedding actually in May um, in LA. And I just booked basically like a week at like a Sheridan or something. It wasn't very glamorous, but it felt great to like have that be free. And, uh, you know, weddings come with a lot of travel costs, you know, other costs associated with them. So to be able to save that hotel cost was great for me. Jasmine, you you mentioned how, you know, pre-pandemic, a lot of these points and miles sites and travel inspiration websites and blogs kind of really, it was very aspirational. And it was about how can you like make these miles go furthest? And it sort of felt like, how can you play the game and how can you get the most out of them and, and be able to show off what you've managed to do with your points, which I think as someone who isn't particularly point savvy, I was like very intimidated by it. It made the world of points and miles feel very inaccessible. Do you think this feels like a time where first timers can kind of start maybe feel less intimidated by that world? I, yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, and you're right. I mean, it is a little bit intimidating when you see people, you know, jetting off to the Maldives in, in business class. And that's something that's either not on your bucket list or that you've never imagined doing it might seem like, okay, well, maybe this isn't for me. Um, but you're absolutely right. I mean, now really is, you know, a perfect time for for beginners to get into the hobby um, and to use, you know, use the rewards. Again, you know, I keep going back to do something that makes you happy. There are people out there, yes, who, you know, really like to play the game and squeeze every single ounce of value from, you know, every point in mile. And, you know, there's there's a certain crowd that kind of poo-poo's certain types of redemptions, you know, those sort of ordinary, you know, run-of-the-mill you know, as you guys mentioned, um, and that's okay. That's not wrong. It's not wrong to do it that way. Yes. Okay. Maybe you're only getting, you know, one cent per point or two cents per point, you know, versus, you know, some people will say, oh, I got seven or eight cents per point. That really doesn't matter. What matters is that you're doing something, you know, that's saving you money. Um, you know, you're reconnecting with your family and friends, or you're going on a trip that you've looked forward to for a really long time. You know, that's, that's more valuable than, than a number. Um, to stick on to, you know, a certain, uh, you know, type of point or mile. I also want to go back to something that you said earlier that I found really interesting that I had not thought about, which was that with less people traveling right now, the opportunity to go to the Maldives or to take a, you know, long haul flight in business class, 
those opportunities are more available now. So if you are a first timer and you're looking for that kind of thing, you're not going to have to be fighting every other points chaser, deal hound. I don't, I don't know what, what they're called. Um, to to find those spots, do you feel like first timers might actually be able to get that access without doing all of the kind of pre planning and like quite aggressive hunting? I think so. I mean, I don't think it's going to be that way forever. Um, you know, I think you know the timing right now is is good because not everyone has returned to travel. And yeah, I mean, for some awards, I mean, you got to really do a bunch of gymnastics to try to fit everything together, you know, especially for the aspirational ones. You know, you want to make sure that your flights, you know, all mesh together and that it lines up with, you know, hotel availability and that sort of thing. Um, so absolutely, you know, I think it's it's a really good time if you're just starting out and you don't have to start big. It's real easy to go onto the United website or the Delta website or the Hyatt website and find, you know, find those, you know, really straightforward awards. I think as time goes on and the world opens up more, you know, it's going to get trickier and we're going to get back to that, you know, that competition, you know, all of these people trying to book these, these, you know, crazy first class flights and the overwater bungalows and that sort of thing. But I, I think right now, you know, if you are sitting on a bunch of miles, go, go have a look. And the other cool thing is a lot of, you know, travel providers, airlines and hotels are still really flexible on their cancellation policies right now. So uh, a lot of airlines are still waiving redeposit fees. So you can book something and then if you change your mind or your plans change or what have you, there's no penalty to cancel and then get those miles back. Whereas before, you know, you had to deal with that sort of uncertainty and, and you know, do you want to lock this in? Do you want to wait? That's another really cool benefit. You know, if you're starting out, there's not that intimidation factor of, oh, well, what if, you know, what if I can't make it? Or, you know, should I book this now or wait? You know, it's uh, it's it's a good time. Just thinking about travel restarting and everyone getting going again, um, I also think it's a good time if you do want to get a little more in the weeds or committing to certain programs, now might be a good time to identify the airline that you might want to commit to and build loyalty with or the hotel. Um, and as you start booking your trips, you know, through the end of the summer or into the fall, kind of committing to staying and flying with those certain brands. Um, and also, if you wanted to open up the co-branded credit cards and start earning perks or elite status, I think now is a really good time, like as, you know, the ball gets rolling again to kind of get to that intermediate level that maybe you've been putting off. I'm Alex Schwartz. I'm Nomi Fry. I'm Vincent Cunningham, and this is Critics at Large, a New Yorker podcast for the culturally curious. Each week, we're going to talk about a big idea that's showing up across the cultural landscape, and we'll trace it through all the mediums we love. Books, movies, television, music, art. And I always want to talk about celebrity gossip, too. Of course. What are you guys excited to cover in the next few months? There's a new translation of The Iliad that's coming out, Emily Wilson. I'm really excited to see whether I can read The Iliad again, whether I'm that literate. I mean, the jury is out. I can't wait to hear Adam Driver go again in an Italian accent in Michael Mann's Ferrari. <laughs> he can't stop. I mean, and and bless him. I can't wait. Molto bene. Molto bene. <laughs> <laughs> we hope you'll join us for new episodes each Thursday. Follow Critics at Large today, wherever you get podcasts. You really don't want to miss this. Don't. Don't miss this. Don't miss it. See you soon. <laughs> Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase, every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, 
and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium, Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Have you ever owned something that inspired you to level up? For me, it's my hiking boots, which have gotten me over some pretty tough terrain. And I'm not talking about my morning commute on the New York City subway. They've pushed me to go to far off places like trekking in the remote mountains in Patagonia, wildlife spotting amid the thick rainforest of the Amazon, and climbing through canyons in the Utah desert. When we own exceptional things, they inspire us to do exceptional things. The all-new Lexus GX has an exceptional capability that will have you seeing possibilities you never knew existed. There's an available panorama glass roof, 33-inch all-terrain tires, and multi-terrain select driving modes. Its advanced technology and luxurious interior means that wherever you go, you'll never go without. Live up to the all-new Lexus GX. Luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. That kind of gets into my next question, which is for travelers who are maybe just getting to the game and starting from zero, or maybe they've like already planned through their existing stockpile and put that forward into travel. What are the best ways to start building points again as travel is reopening? Obviously, sticking to an airline or a hotel is going to be one way to do it. But are there any other um, tips you guys have for kind of restarting that that stockpile of points? I have to admit, I don't always practice what I preach. Like, I find it really, really hard to stick to one airline or one hotel because I'm very, like, deal focused. And sometimes I plan trips, like, around, like, a flight deal or something I find. And that makes it hard to stick to one airline. So... I really stick to more um, transferable points through credit cards. So Chase Sapphire or I love my Amex Gold card. So I would say if if you do struggle with kind of building loyalty with a couple certain brands, see if that is an option for you. Capital One, Chase or Amex are all really good options. Um, and look at your spending habits and see what you can maximize. So like I spend a lot on restaurants and supermarkets and like takeout and those are like probably like what I splurge on. So I got the American Express gold card, which gives you four times points on those categories. Um, So you can kind of rack up those points on autopilot almost. And then you have a nice little bank of points that you can spend at a plethora of hotels and airlines. And you don't have to be so like committed to a certain airline or hotel. I think Jessica really hit the nail on the head there. I mean, the transferable points, the flexible points, and I think actually through the pandemic, I think it's made it really much more clear that that's, for a lot of people, that's the way to go because you're not just locked into one airline program or one hotel program, you know, depending on the on the points that you're earning. So for example, Chase partners with United, it partners with Hyatt, it partners with, with Marriott. You know, you've got... All of these options. And then you've got other options as well. So if you want to use, say, um, I'll, I'll use Chase as the example, they introduced a program called Pay Yourself Back during the pandemic where you could use your rewards. If you weren't using them for travel, you had the option to use them at an improved rate um, to offset some of your you know, your regular expenses. So depending on the card, the categories vary and what have you. But having that versatility in the rewards that you earn, whether you're traveling or not, um, I think really became clear during the pandemic, you know, and now if you're, 
you know, loyal to a specific airline or hotel chain, then yes, absolutely, you know, go after those, you know, rewards programs points, um, especially if you're looking, like Jessica said, you know, to earn elite status and, and get those travel perks. But I think for the vast majority of people, especially if they're just getting started or are returning to travel and don't know what their travel plans are going to be just yet, transferable points are the way to go, those flexible points that, that are issued by banks. Since like travel's getting started again and people are kind of like, you know, the world's reopening, banks are trying to get people back into like applying for credit cards and all of that. There are some like pretty fantastic welcome offers on credit cards that we've been mentioning. So, I mean, a lot of them are like into the six figures. So if you've been kind of like on the fence about applying for one of these credit cards, um, I would say now's the time to really like pull the trigger because I don't think these offers will last (laughs) as like travel reopens. Yeah, I feel like Jasmine, you could speak to this too, but like Jess and I have been writing so many like best welcome offer ever headlines because they're just, I mean, they're bold (laughs) welcome offers right now. It's, you know, it's true. And it's, I mean, it really has been nonstop. It's, it's almost like the banks are trying to outdo each other to, to sort of regain customers and, and have their cards sort of at the top of people's wallets again, because, you know, they, there was such a long layoff from, from travel and, and, and people, you know, really thinking so much about, about those rewards. But yeah, I mean, we've seen Chase, Amex, Capital One, uh, City. I mean, some of these offers are, are unprecedented. I mean, they're the the all time high that we've that we've seen on them. And again, they don't last forever. Um, you know, as Jessica mentioned, you know, the, the, I mean, it's not sustainable. I don't see this being sustainable for the long term. But right now is is truly a great time. And you know, the a lot of hundred thousand, hundred and fifty thousand point offers out there. So again, you know, I keep saying, you know, it's a perfect time to get into it. It really is a perfect time to get into it if you're new. We've been focusing a lot on the credit cards to get and we mentioned, you know, loyalty to certain airlines. But I'm interested to know whether there's anything you think people kind of miss out on and are there opportunities for points that we don't think of and don't pay enough attention to? Yeah, I mean, I travel Amtrak a lot up to the Northeast Corridor. I think that's a good opportunity if you are kind of on a frequent Amtrak or even like a moderate Amtrak person, just sign up for a guest rewards account and put that in when you book. There's also even opportunities for things like rental cars that you can, if you sign up with like Hertz or something like that, you can earn one point per dollar toward free rentals, but you also get like some minor perks just for like creating an account. Like you can skip the counter when you check out, you can um, add, I think you can add a driver, an additional driver for free, things like that. And then there are like a few passive ways to earn points, like um, with some of the bigger programs, like you can earn Delta Sky miles by linking your Lyft account. Um, You can earn uh, Marriott Bonvoy points by linking up with Uber. So kind of like looking into those that all add up. I think is a good strategy too. On the redemption side, there's so much a focus on airlines and hotels. Um, And, you know, going back to the flexible rewards, you know, there are some programs, Capital One, for example, where you can redeem your miles for a really wide variety of travel purchases. And the definition that they have of travel is actually much more broad than you might imagine. So things like, you know, campgrounds and Airbnbs and you know, some programs will, uh, you, you know, consider things like tolls and parking garages and, and those sorts of things that you you normally wouldn't think of as a travel redemption. There are opportunities there to use your rewards um, to offset those costs. So, for example, if you're going on a road trip, you might have 
costs, you know, around even, um, you know, with some programs, you can turn your rewards into cash back. So if you want to, you know, offset your gas purchases or your grocery purchases on the road, you know, those are opportunities that, that you can take. On the road trip idea, and, you know, we've seen a lot of people do this. I did it myself with my kids um, last fall. We did a road trip out to out to the East Coast, to, to New England. A lot of these credit cards have um, anniversary free nights that they issue. So each year on your card anniversary, you get a certificate that you can use at a certain category of hotel. And those are sort of one-off things. You know, you can't really, you know, you get one a year, so it's not like a, a long vacation. But if you're on a road trip and you've got a few of these credit cards where you've got these like standalone uh, certificates to use. It's a great opportunity to burn those uh, on on a quick road trip where you're you know you're stopping you know in one place for a night and then moving on. So it doesn't have to be just award flights and and long hotel stays. Yeah, and on that front about Airbnbs and vacation rentals, I think I was not aware, which is just an oversight on my part, that like the Chase Travel Booking Portal has Airbnbs and vacation rentals in it. So if you're somebody who's looking for a, a not hotel uh, to book, know that you can do that with credit cards. Um, or if you're a Marriott loyalist who wants to fit a bunch of people into a house, you know, Marriott has its own homes and villas um, portal and, and website that you can use that you can use points on or earn points on. So I think like thinking beyond hotels and flights is a good way to kind of extend your earnings and your spending. You know, Jess and I have talked about this a couple times just on the side, but, you know, it feels like some of the perks and the ways you can earn points um, have changed as a result of the pandemic. What do you guys think we're going to see more of going forward? I think that we're going to be seeing a lot of, at least in the near future, a lot of statement credits for takeout or restaurants still, like perks you can use at home. I know the Amex Platinum card just released that came out with um, kind of like a whole refresh of its perks. And, you know, there's like Equinox statement credits on there. There's streaming like Netflix credits, basically just like your at home perks. I think at least for the next year or two, those will still be offered by a lot of credit cards just to remain competitive um, as we kind of are still in a transition period where travel's opening up. Yeah, I think definitely, I mean, the Amex Plaid is a great example. They also increase the annual fee by a hundred bucks a year. So, exactly. you know, I mean, it, it's it's one of those things where there's, again, this tendency, especially with the pandemic, where people weren't using the credit card perks as much as they could, especially the travel-related ones. So there's this, this need to almost justify, well, am I getting a value out of the annual fee that I'm paying? And so I think the card issuers are really keenly aware of that. And so, like you said, they've been adding these, you know, novel ways to redeem points or new statement credits or what have you. You know, Chase, with the Sapphire Reserve, that card comes with a $300 travel credit each year. And of course, people weren't able to use it. So they added new categories for that. I think through the end of the year, you can redeem it um, for gas stations and groceries, as well as travel purchases. So, you know, hopefully we see more of that so that, you know, essentially that travel isn't the be all and end all anymore, that people are now looking to earn or rather redeem their rewards um, for things for things, you know, closer to home. You know, whether whether it be just everyday expenses or more local travel, that sort of thing. So I, I think, you know, we're going to see more of that um, in the future. Hopefully we'll see more of that in the future, just because people do want to feel like they're getting value out of the card that they have. On the subject of getting as much value out of the cards that you have as you can, I'm very interested to know what the two of you are both spending your points on right now. 
So I am, <laughs> uh, I'm probably the worst person to ask. So I am a hoarder. I have stockpiled an incredible amount of points because I am, I am that person that really just wants to do a big sort of the, you know, the trip that we've been waiting for, you know, I try, I'm a single mom. I travel with my three kids and, and they've been chomping at the bit. They're like, mom, you know, when are we going to go travel again? Cause you know, they kind of got used to taking trips now and then, um, so we're we're saving up for a couple of redemptions. Uh, we do want to go to Ireland and Scotland uh, as a priority once things, you know, kind of settle out a little bit more. Um, and then I would love to take the kids back to the Philippines. Um, that's where my mom is from. We've got family there. I had taken them a few years back. Uh, we had done one leg on Japan Airlines in business class, which just knocked their socks off. And so now every other flight is, you know, compared to Japan Airlines business class. So I think I'm going to, you know, continue <laughs> stockpiling um, the rewards. I know they're so spoiled um, so that we can we can have another sort of trans-Pacific business class experience when we go back to the Philippines. I think stockpiling with a plan is not allowed to be called hoarding. I think that is really smart planning ahead. <laughs> Well, I did spend a lot of points um, on my trip to LA. I'm kind of the opposite. I'm definitely a spender of my points. Like I just can't get into the mentality of hoarding them because I just think like it's free money. And if I'm planning a trip, like I'm going to spend some amount of my points. Um, so I'm in a little bit of a rebuilding period points wise, but I think I'll probably cash them in on a trip to Europe once that becomes a little more like accessible, maybe in the fall something I usually like to spend them on hotels rather than flights actually because that's more of my like splurge category I treat myself to a nice hotel if you have been listening to this podcast for a while you will know that Jessica has been trying to get to Europe for two years now so, uh, <laughs> so we, are, we are crossing our fingers and toes that you get to spend those points preferably in Italy but really will take any European country mm -hmm. um I think I might take the wedding route this year. Um, I also have a couple weddings and I think just alleviating any of that spending so I can focus on other trips that I want to plan and just put those points towards hotels and flights for the weddings that I'm going to is kind of like a weight lifted and I can focus on the bigger, more me focused trips in the future that I want to take and have plenty of, of funds and, and energy to, <laughs> to plan that kind of stuff. Um, so I'm, Des Moines, Iowa, got a wedding, got a wedding in West Palm Beach, going to try and knock those out with some points this year. Wale. I'm going to be building and hoarding um, <laughs> so I can take a bumper trip in 2022. I think I've got to prioritize going home to London when I'm able to. I've got some weddings, which I know I should strategically probably just spend some points on so I don't have to buy those flights. But I really, really, really just want to take a long two, three week trip with a bunch of stops somewhere very far away. And you need a lot of points to do that. So that's my that's my goal for next year. If people want to follow your trips or find more tips on using credit cards, working the points and miles game, where can they find you on the Internet, Jasmine? Just go to Personal Finance Insider um, on Insider. Uh, in the credit card section, we cover, obviously, credit cards, but also all the different award programs, the best ways to maximize your points, how to earn, how to redeem. Um, we've got lots of freelance writers who've got great personal essays on there about how they've used their points through the pandemic and then stuff that they're, that they're planning uh, in the future. And we've got more of that content coming up soon. 
Amazing. And Jessica? I'm, of course, at Connie Ness Traveler, but you can find me on Twitter as well, at Jess Puck. Amazing. I'm at Oh Hey There Mayor. I'm at Lale Hannah. Be sure to follow Women Who Travel on Instagram at Women Who Travel and sign up in the show notes for our bi-weekly newsletter. Uh, links to Jasmine's work and all of the cards and things that we've mentioned today will be in the show notes, so be sure to check it out. And we'll talk to you next week. I'm Chris Murphy. I'm Richard Lawson. And I'm Hilary Busis. We are from Vanity Fair's Still Watching Podcast. Next up, we're watching the new HBO show, The Regime. Madam Chancellor, let's keep the gloves on. This is not a confrontation. We're just saying what's true. Academy Award winner Kate Winslet is our chancellor as she leads a faux European autocracy in turmoil. We'll be watching week by week as the regime unravels. And we'll be talking to the stars along the way. New episodes of Still Watching will drop every Sunday after the regime airs. I'm Tanya Mosley. In 1987, my sister Anita vanished without a trace. Decades later, thanks to DNA, we found her. But that's only the beginning of the story. She Has a Name is a new audio documentary that explores the search for redemption, confronting trauma, and healing in the face of unimaginable loss. Subscribe now to Truth Be Told Presents She Has a Name, where every revelation brings us closer to the truth.